In the name of the Father and the Son of the and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Today in the, is the third Sunday of the Holy Great Fast, and we read the story of the prodigal son, the son who took all of his inheritance from his father, and he went and he wasted it, living in a sinful life. And then after some time, he there was a famine, and he realized that he could not continue to live because he had lost everything that he had, and he went back to his father, and his father accepted him. And when he came back to his father, he said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. So this son, even after he returned to the father, if you think of this story, and someone who maybe squandered their entire inheritance of their father and, and lived in such a sinful way, you know, in this story we, we read about the outcome, we read about what happened as he came back, but what happens after this? How does this boy, how does this prodigal son continue to live the rest of his life perhaps carrying this burden of the sin that he committed, thinking to himself, I have, I have I've taken all of my father's possession, I have disappointed my father, all the memories, all the bad you know, experiences that he had during this period of his life, and how is it that he would get over this and overcome this and continue to live his life um, in, in a good way? Maybe he would be haunted by this previous life and blaming himself and isolating himself. There are sometimes major events that happen in our life or, or wrong choices that we make, that have such a big impact on us that we spend the rest of our lives trying to struggle with them, trying to you know, make sense of them or, or to recover from the effects that these events have. So today I want to speak about letting go of the past. That maybe a lot of us carry with us a past that is very debilitating um, and, and in one way or the other difficult for us to live with. And we focus so much on this past and it, it ruins our present and it makes us upset and fearful or not looking forward to the future because we're carrying with us something that happened perhaps long ago. So when we speak about the past, I'm going to break it up into three categories of things that we can speak about. The first one is sins. Sins that I committed in the past that were very, very wrong and had a very negative impact on me and I still carry those with me today, like life-altering type of sins that cause me to leave God, that cause me to leave the church, um, and it can make it very difficult to return. <coughs> this is, um, we see this in the life of the prodigal son, clearly, because it says he wasted his life in harlots. He wasted his life living in a, in a very foolish, sinful way, and, and now he is coming back to his father, having to come to grips with the reality that this is the way that he chose to live, and, and he had very severe consequences um, from this. The second um, type of thing that maybe in our past that we have to overcome is mistakes, which isn't necessarily sins. It's not necessarily that we committed a sin, but we made wrong choices. We made a bad decision, and that decision resulted in a lot of heartache and a lot of pain, and it took maybe our life in a direction that we don't like, a life in a direction that we wish we hadn't made this decision, and if we would go back and we could make the decision again, we would make a very different decision. This is also something that we have to carry with us. You know, do we keep blaming ourselves? We keep wondering, what would my life have been like if I had made a different choice? And this causes us maybe this internal struggle, even now in the present. The third type of past experience that I want to speak about is misfortune. Misfortune is not um, anything at all that we have done. It's not any decision. It's not any sin that we make. And it's not our fault at all. It's the actions of other people or circumstances that are outside of our control that resulted in some major impact, major negative impact on my life. And again, now here I am in the present and I'm having to deal with the memory 
and having to deal with the consequences. I'm having to deal with everything that this situation brought that causes me even now a lot of pain. And we see actually that the prodigal son in this story, he had all three of these. He had all three. We know that he lived a sinful life because his older brother said, what, he has devoured your livelihood with harlots. Right? Meaning that, that when, when, he, when he went and he took his father's inheritance, he, he used it in a sinful way. So we know that he now, having come back to his father, he has to come to grips with how he lived. He lived in a sinful way. Also, he made mistakes. He believed that he was mature. He, lived, he believed he could live independently of his father. He believed he could make wise choices. And he left his father, but instead he wasted. He wasted all of his money. Actually, the word prodigal means wasteful doesn't mean sinful. Sometimes we use the word prodigal to mean lost or, or sinful, but actually the word prodigal means wasteful. He was very unwise in the way that he spent the money that he had. And also he had misfortune, because if you, if you notice, it says what? There was a famine in the land. And the famine in the land is what caused him to be in want, not even being able to, to, to find anything to eat, because he had squandered all of his, um, all of his money. <coughs> So the, the, the prodigal son had all three. So the question is, how do we deal with these situations that have happened in our past and let go of them so that we take from them what we can learn? We learn the lessons that we need to learn from them because there's always lessons to learn from any negative experience. But at the same time, we don't allow these experiences to haunt us and to paralyze us and to make us unable to move forward um, in our life. We are not trying to forget Right, the, the word sometimes say, I want to forget. We will never forget. It's an unrealistic expectation to say that I will completely forget something that happened in my past, but I can remember it in the positive sense. I can remember the, the, the positive lessons, the things that I learned from it without remembering, um, without always being paralyzed by it, without it preventing me from being able to move forward. So God willing, this sermon is going to be broken up into two parts. This week we speak about the prodigal son and next week we speak about the Samaritan woman who, who also had a similar situation in the sense that she had lived a sinful life and then she came to Christ. She became a believer, right? And, and her life changed, but she still had to grapple with and deal with her past. So we're going to break this up into two parts. This week we're going to speak about the sins and the mistakes um, that we've committed in the past and next week God willing we're going to speak about the misfortunes or the different situations that have happened to us that are outside of our control so sins and mistakes what are some examples of sins and mistakes sin is falling short of God's standard and when we look at our lives we see that in many ways we fall short of God's standard in our life um, and, and, and some of these things that we do to, to, to for personal gain I'm trying to um, there's something that I want or something that I desire and so I go against God's command to get the thing that I want because I believe that this thing that I want is going to make me happy. It's going to give me some kind of joy, some kind of a pleasure. Whether it be lying or cheating or falling into sexual temptation, cheating on a spouse, um, being physically or verbally abusive, all the things, the sins and the mistakes and the poor choices and things that we do in our life that might have a big impact on our relationships. It might have a big impact on our reputation. It might have a big impact on our own self-image. You know, uh, for instance, I see myself as a certain way now, and I see myself as unable to do anything good. 
after having fallen into sin. We have difficulty maybe forgiving ourselves. We have difficulty with all these consequences. We have difficulty because other people now see us in a certain way. Maybe now I have a reputation. You know, kind of like um, the adulterous woman. She had this reputation now that she was an adulteress. And, and, and back then in that society especially, if you were an adulterous woman, you were labeled as an adulterous woman the rest of your life. There was nothing you could ever do to break that label from you. And she was going to have to live with that. So even though she repented, and even though she accepted Christ, and even though she was you know, willing to move forward, and even though she might become a saint, and yet in the eyes of the people, what is her reputation now that she has fallen into this sin? Another difficult thing is for us to forgive ourselves that God wants me to move forward. How is it that I move forward and let go of this past and this past sins that I committed? I have to be able to forgive myself. I have to believe in myself that this sin that I committed does not define who I am. That yes, this was something wrong, but I've repented from this and I want to change and I'm struggling to change and I want to grow and move forward. And God, by the grace of God, He will allow me to do so. He will allow me to grow. He will allow me to, to move past this. Accepting also the forgiveness of God. Sometimes we, we beat ourselves up because of sins that we've committed in the past or wrong choices we've made in the past. And not only are we not willing to forgive ourselves, we don't believe that God can forgive us. And we le live the rest of our life with a sense of guilt that I'm always guilty, that I'm always bad, that something is wrong with me all the time, all the time. See, this is not the spirit of repentance. Sometimes we, we think that repentance means that I feel bad about myself. Like that's what repentance is, is feeling bad about myself. That is not what repentance is. Repentance is an action. It's not a feeling. It's not, it's not about how I feel. One person might see that um, they commit a sin and they feel so regretful that they even like come to tears and they're crying because of the sin they committed. Another person, maybe they don't. They, they acknowledge that what they did was wrong sincerely, but they're not the type of person that's necessarily going to cry whenever it is that they fall into sin, okay? So is one of them repentant and the other one is not repentant? No, what is repentance? Repentance is an action, right? When we say that it is, it is matanya, metanoia, which is a Greek word meaning to turn, to turn back, to change course, to change direction. So if I'm heading in a course of sin, to repent means to turn, to turn away, to turn back away from that sin. That is repentance. So repentance is an action, right? It's not just a feeling. Feeling bad about ourselves is not repentance. Repentance means that I have decided that this, this sin that I'm committing is wrong, that is against God's commandment, and I don't want this to be a part of my life, and I will confess it, and I will do everything in my ability to not continue to live in this sin again. That is repentance. Regardless of whether I have these strong emotions or I don't have these strong emotions, whether I cry or I don't cry, repentance is an action, right? Which is why sometimes we think that we're repentant, Right? But all we're doing is just maybe feeling bad about ourselves. This is not repentance. Right? It's not about feeling bad. Which is why when we receive the forgiveness of God, we should actually be joyful. Even though we are sinners. Even though this sin is on us. And yet we are joyful because God has forgiven us of sin. Because God has forgotten this sin. And that we can continue to move forward and struggle against it. So that God willing we do not fall again. These are the challenges. Some of the challenges that we face when we have some sin or some big mistake, some issue that we have done in the past that's our fault and we are trying to overcome. We are trying to overcome. Regret is a step in the right direction. Uh, St. Paul, he says to the Corinthians, Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow led to repentance. For you were made sorry in a godly manner. 
that you might suffer loss from us in nothing. For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation, not to be regretted. But the sorrow of the world produces death. See here, St. Paul, he differentiates between two kinds of sorrow. There is the godly sorrow, and there is the sorrow of the world. What is the sorrow of the world? The sorrow of the world is hopeless sorrow. The sorrow of the world is just mourning and, and, and upset and angry and, and, and feeling hopeless. This is the sorrow of the world. The sorrow, the godly sorrow, is a sorrow that leads to repentance. It's, it's a sorrow. It's a regret. It's, it's an acknowledgement of something that I have done wrong, but it leads to salvation. Because it's not just, I feel sorry and that's it. No, actually, that's the sorrow of the world. That's, that's the worldly sorrow. The godly sorrow is, I feel regret and then I take a positive action in faith, believing that God is accepting me, believe that God is forgiving me, believing that my repentance is accepted in the sight of God. So we have to accept God's mercy. When the sinful woman was caught in adultery, Christ said about her, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. God did not condemn her because she came in a spirit of repentance. She was, she was sorrowful. He said, he who is the first among you, accept the mercy of God. We are, we, are, we are that woman. We are that woman who maybe we are not exposed in front of one another the way that this woman was exposed to the whole, you know, the, the whole crowd of people that were standing there. And because we are not exposed to one another, we believe our sin to be secret. We maybe don't feel the shame that we should feel about the sins that we commit because nobody sees but we forget that God sees you know how much of this was the woman just feeling embarrassed in front of the people versus the woman feeling embarrassed in front of God so because God sees and because God is the judge and because God is the one who knows we should feel shame toward him not not toward not because of the people Right? And then we should accept the mercy that comes from God alone. God is the one who said, What he was without you, let him throw a stone at her first. God is not in the business of throwing stones. When he sees someone who is coming with a, with a repentant spirit and sees their potential of, of changing and becoming somebody else, God is not going to throw a stone at them. God is going like, to offer them something. He's going to offer them something more than they, than they even deserve. In Psalm 32, it says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and whose spirit there is no deceit. This is the, this is the way of God, that we are forgiven. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. This is what God wants. He wants to cover our sins. He wants to forgive us. He wants to bless us. And yet, when we don't let go of our past, Part of this is we don't receive this. We don't accept this from God. We don't realize this is what God is offering me. Instead, I think God is what? Only offering me condemnation and only offering me judgment. Part of the reason is that maybe I am judged by other people. Other people are always bringing to my mind the sins and the failures and the things that I've done. And so that is my, you know, maybe that is what I'm the most attentive to. Because it's easy for us to be more caring about what other people think about us than what God thinks about us. And so because I'm so focused on what other people think about me, and if other people are judging me, then we kind of think, well, God must be doing the same. Because I'm just a bad person, and I don't deserve forgiveness, and I don't deserve anything good, and we go on and on, kind of wallowing in guilt and sadness because of something that we've already repented of, because of something that we've already left behind. So we have to let go of this by accepting the mercy of God. Also, we have to be active in repentance. We can't just say, well, this is something in the past that I'm not going to deal with it and it's just a long time ago and that's it. No, 
even if there is a sin that we haven't confessed that we committed 10 years ago, we should still come and confess it. We should, we should lift this burden from us. The, the, the prodigal son, he came and he confessed. He says, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I have sinned in front of God and I have sinned against you, meaning I've, I've hurt you. Whether we are committing a sin that is only against God, maybe a sin of the thought, a sin of the heart, a sin that nobody else is even aware of, we say, I have sinned against, against heaven. Or if we have hurt another person, we say, I have, I have sinned against you. I've, I've, I've hurt you in some way by some action that I have done. So repentance is very important and is the first step of letting go of the past. If I can't repent of my sin, then I'm stuck in the past. I'm stuck with this and I'm defining myself by, by this sin because this is how, this is my identity. My identity is this that I've never overcome. I've never let go of this burden. I've never continued past this point. In 1 John chapter 1, it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God is faithful. He cleanses us from sin when we come in a spirit of repentance. Also, we are called to forgive ourselves. St. Paul, he was a murderer of Christians. He murdered so many Christians. He was there approving of the murder of St. Stephen when he was murdered. And even in his conversion on the road to Damascus, he was going there to kill more Christians. Okay? This is who he was. But he said about himself, what? For I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of God I am what I am. Meaning he forgave himself. He said, what? I am, I am what I am by, by the grace of God. It is only the grace of God. God. God forgave me. God showed me his mercy. Even though I was a persecutor, even though I was a murderer, even though I did all of this, and yet... My identity today is not defined by those sins. It's not defined by what I did in the past because of the grace of God. The grace of God has covered me. I hit the God has shown me his mercy. He has changed who I am. And today I stand sinless. Today I stand without this sin like covering me as a cloud because I have repented and I have accepted God's forgiveness and I have even forgiven myself. We should also have hope in the future. Hope in, 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 in our future. The right-hand thief, when he asked Christ as he was hanging on the cross for his forgiveness, he said, what, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. You know, he's saying this like, I am a sinner, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered to him, assuredly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. That this thief who spent his entire life sinning as a thief, Actually, in the tradition of the church, it said that this thief actually tried to rob Christ as a child, him and the Holy Family, when the Holy Family was in Egypt. This man lived as a thief his entire life, and here on the cross, he is just turning to Christ, and with sincerity, he's saying, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he defended Christ. When he was speaking to the other thief, he says, what? We deserve our condemnation. We deserve this punishment. But this man, he has done nothing to deserve this. Right, And so in, in this realization, in this repentance that he had even in his heart with this simple word asking Christ to remember him in his kingdom, Christ immediately said, I, I say to you today you will be with me in paradise. Like, like this entire life that you lived, I'm not going to condemn you for it. I'm not going to point out every single sin that you ever committed, right? Because maybe that's what you deserve, but that's not the way that I work. That's not what I do. I'm giving you hope, right? This man now, he had hope that he was going to be like the very first person 
who was going to enter paradise in the New Testament because he died immediately after Christ's crucifixion. Also, we have enlightenment in these times of um, when we are examining our hearts, when we're looking back at our life, when we're realizing that maybe we lived a sinful life and that, and that we, we wasted so much time. We wasted so much time. There was so much we could have done differently. There was so much we could have done better. And yet even in this, even in these times when we are so uh, regretting the way that I lived my life, maybe I wasted years and years and years, and yet there is still hope for the future. There is still something new. God is, is enlightening me. God is giving me something, a purpose that is still not too late for me to carry out. St. Augustine actually had the same situation. St. Augustine, he lived in his youth in a very sinful way, very far away from God. And when he came to God, he also regretted the same. He regretted the way that he had lived his life originally. And he says this, he says, Too late have I loved you, O beauty so ancient and so new. He's speaking about God. Too late have I loved you. You were with me and I was not with you. I was abroad running after those beauties which you have made. Those things which could have no being but in you have kept me away from you. You have called, you have cried out, and you have pierced my deafness. You have enlightened, you have shone forth, and my blindness is dispelled. I have tasted you, and I'm a hungry of you. You have touched me, and I am afire with the desire of your embraces. It's a very beautiful uh, thing that St. Augustine said. He said, the things that I was seeking, the sinful things I was going after, they were the ones that kept me from you. But now, what? My heart is afire with the desire of your embraces. And even though he said, what? Too late have I loved you, meaning I wasted so much time. And yet he became a bishop. He became a saint. There was, there was, there was, the, the, his history actually helped him to see things in a different way. And he, it wasn't something that was hindering him because again, he, he let it go. He let it go and he took the positive from it and he let go of the negative. Also, in order for us to um, let go of the past, we have to invest in the spiritual. In Galatians 5.16, it says, Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Meaning, if we want to overcome the lust of the flesh, if we want some sin that we committed in the past to stay in the past and not to seep into the present and not to continue to become a problem for us today, we have to do something differently than we did in the past. We have to invest in God. We have to invest in the spiritual things. We have to allow God to transform us through the work of the Holy Spirit so this no longer becomes uh, a debilitating sin that haunts us all the time. Right? So we can't just say, well, I committed this in the past, but now I'm good and I'm going to continue to live my life in the same trajectory, in the same way, with the same friends, with the same habits, with the same everything. Actually, that's just a recipe to fall back into the same things we were doing before. Because if I don't change anything, then my actions are not going to change. My thoughts are not going to change. So we have to invest in God. We have to allow God to change me, to convict me of this sin, to make me feel like this is something abhorrent that I don't want to do this again. Also, we have to learn from our mistakes. Yes, we, we did this in the past. We have to learn from not to repeat these same mistakes again. In Proverbs 26, it says, As a dog returns to his own vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. A person who is wise in his own eyes, a person who thinks they are in no need to protect themselves, to protect their eyes, to protect their senses, to, to, to invest in the spiritual things, to walk circumspectly, to walk carefully, to walk with caring about what I do and what I don't do. 
This is very important. If I don't do this, then I'm going to what? Be like a dog that is returning to his vomit again, a fool who repeats his folly, someone who is just going to fall into the same trap again. And finally, we have to focus on the future. In Philippians chapter 3, it says, uh, St. Paul is saying, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Meaning God has still has a plan for me. God still has something he wants me to do. God still loves me. God is still opening the door of heaven for me. So I'm forgetting those things that are behind. I'm not identifying myself with them. I'm not considering this to be my, my failure that is going to carry with me for the rest of my life. I'm going to put those things behind and I'm going to only look forward, reaching forward to those things that are ahead, believing that God still has something good for me ahead. So today we spoke about two of the three pasts that is difficult for us to let go, which are sins and mistakes. God willing, next time we're going to speak about um, the circumstances, the misfortunes, the things that happen to us, maybe that is completely out of our control and not our fault, that also we have to learn to let go, to overcome them and still be able to live joyfully in this world, not always being brought down by those things. So may God grant us this hope and grant us this ability to let go of our past and glory be to God forever. Amen.